It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. But let's get stuck into the show and welcome in the team for the Monday breakdown. First of all, who do I see first? Mickey Gaddon, hello to you. Morning, G. I would have thought it would be the biggest opinions in the game. That's a very good point. Um, I, I take that back. So you're the biggest opinion. Justify opi- the pay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just Mickey. Where, where you'll be the biggest opinion. <laughs> Justify the, the first spend, hour, my man. And then, Content. And then 9.30 till around 11 o'clock. Um, I think Johnny Hawks, oh, Wayne Hawks and Johnny O'Neill, they might just have you by a nose, but you're, you're still growing in the game, you three. Dino, hello to you. Dean Watling. Morning. Morning, fellas. We might not be the, the biggest opinions, but we hopefully are the smartest opinions. Reviewing oh, these races, it was a big weekend across the board, so keen to dissect it. And Dicko, did you enjoy your weekend? Yeah, I thought I'd just kick off with, um, I, I was going to play golf, play golf twice last week, last week. I'll get into the second game later on, but I was off, off to play on Monday and I, I tune in and there you are. Is it like you, you don't, like pandered to him enough. You then give Johnny O'Neill a big happy birthday for last Sunday after ringing me three times trying to get me to do this show on my birthday on the same day. You didn't reference it once <laughs> when, when was you called birthday? me three times last Sunday, oh. same day as Johnny O'Neill. Sorry. And then you give him another one. On, 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 no doubt you text him and you probably called him and said, oh, happy birthday, Johnny. Well, that's Thank a difference. That's a difference between. It just completely brushed me. So, um, yeah, like if you had a happy birthday, have you had a happy birthday there, Ollie? That's a difference. On, Ollie. That's Kick. a difference between you and Johnny O'Neill. Johnny's actually got friends who text me to say that it's his birthday. <laughs> no one texts me to say it was your birthday, Dicko. Well, I'm Mickey Gannon rang me and I appreciate oh, it. There you go. Hey, let's get stuck into um, what happened there on the weekend. We'll start off with the Maccabi Diva. And what about this marvel wasn't he sensational on the weekend once again Mr. Brightside tanking up a length away. It's the race we wanted. 300 to go. Alligator Blood lets down now. Mr. Brightside Williams hasn't moved. Alligator Blood joined by Mr. Brightside who lets rip at the 150. Mr. Brightside three quarters a length. Alligator Blood and comes clear. Mr. Brightside a mile marvel. What a performance. Won it by a length and a half. Alligator Blood. Well, DK, Mr. Brightside, he's gone to a new level this preparation because off slow speeds, he's able to get the job done now. And off fast speeds, we know that he can win big races and he's just in the zone he's he's clearly the best mile horse in his country at the moment this, this race was them. um uh, unbelievably slow yeah. very slow for the class of the 600 they put it on an absolute plate for him peach an absolute peach by craig it's great seeing good riders when they're on good horses and they know what they've got we saw it with d lane amelia's jewel like he was just cruising and just knew when when to push and not to push and this is perfect for Mr. Brightside. Awful for Alligator Blood. Awful for Aegon. Awful for most of them. Uh, I don't think you learn a lot from this race other than this horse is just pretty bomb-proof. He's got that tactical speed that puts him in the spot all the time. Uh, he handles a slow tempo. He can sit and sprint. I- I'd love to see Alligator Blood back up off this walk and be put, and be put into con- a race. I just got that confirmed. He'll be going to the Underwood next week over 1,800 metres. So. Yeah, and just, just light him up. There's light him bet. up. Is, is Damien Oliver the right rider for Alligator Blood? Good luck taking him off. Yeah, but has he been going to... Like, I know that Timmy Clark got away with some nice races when he was able to walk and win some of those races last year. Um, 
But is there a case where you can go too slow? People are petrified of going fast. Like this, the tempos in Sydney are some of the most disgraceful things I've seen in my life. Yeah, that people. Like, I watch the races and I think just that's a disgraceful so, track around. So did Ollie, in. So did Ollie go too slow? Yeah. Yes. Yes. So eighteen hundred meters. Who I, are you putting on him? Who are you putting on him? Who's going to go too quick? Because that's what he needs to do. Jordy Charles. Charles would be a pretty handy yeah, one. Yeah, Jordy Charles. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, they'll go quicker than what I think. What, it's what, what hypothetically, it hypothetically, a great option to to get rid of the goat for Geordie Childs. But I'm not saying. I'm just if saying. Owned, if I, we owned him, are we doing that? I, I'm I'm firmly no. Would you put D Oliver on if you owned him to kick off? Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's actually in I, I, in, I, in the I, context I, of his preparation. I this love will be D a phenomenal, Oliver. This will be a phenomenal base for the horse. Yeah. yeah. I'm just seeing what price is he for the Underwood Stakes as we speak because he's definitely backing up and. It looks like it could be his race again on paper in the Underwood Stakes. Well, so, he won't be. I, I'm pretty sure Alan Quir has the Oliver book, so here's a chance. We'll see. Yeah, with, without a fight, three dollars. Attrition, six dollars. Alligator Blood's a messy price. Here's seven dollars. Sulcum, eight dollars. Tuvalu, eleven. Juaz, thirteen. He's just going to control proceedings here in an Underwood Stakes. Because also, if we owned him as a group, we, we don't want him to be like, revved up and gutted second mm. up at Flemington. Like the horses in the ninth race, the Star Patrol race. God help them the next time they go around. Yeah. So it doesn't suit him to win this race on Saturday, this tempo, but it likely benefits him longer term in this preparation. So we th we thought that Mr. Brightside there, Mickey Gannon, he's just gone to a new level. He's in the zone at the moment. He can he can win off slow paces. Last year he wasn't doing that, and this year he is. Well, last well, spring. It's, so his, it's his position in run, Mickey. Yeah. Yeah, he's just lobbed in a perfect spot. I'll tell you what was really good. Willow, the first 200 meters, he just made them work just enough. Just enough. It was about 160 meters, if I'm being yes, yes, correct. But he just made um, Blake work on. <laughs> Sounds like last Wednesday. Race, and yeah, it was just ridden to perfection, G. What do you think he Dino? Yeah, I think tactical speed uh, is what you need to be a lead horse. I think it's case in point on the weekend, Mr. Brightside versus Fangirl. Uh, tactical speed allows Mr. Brightside to be five from five in his last uh, five starts yeah. and overcome wide gates, uh, positive gates, whereas Fangirls uh, can't do that with her setup. So I just thought it was a great ride. They've gone too slow. It's turned into a sit and sprint, which you could argue suits uh, alligator blood to an extent, but at the same time, when you've got a horse travelling in the 1-1, um, you're never going to get beaten. So I think Oli is a brilliant rider, but I think all riders have different um, strengths. I think Timmy Clark on a back marker is not the same Timmy Clark on a front runner. I think Damien Oliver probably on a horse that um, glides into a race and has a turn of foot compared to Alligator Blood, who needs a reminder up front. I think all jockeys have different strengths. And I probably think that um, Damien Oliver is not the 100% right. Obviously, he's a, he's a great rider, but I'd love to see Geordie Childs, if Tim Clark was fit, or natural or those type of jockeys on Alligator Blood out in front. They they know how to rate him incredibly well. Let's have a look at the other race there over a middle distance journey, over the 1,400 metres this was. The Let's Open. Everyone was wondering what this Wonder Mare could do, having her first start on the eastern side of the country, and this is what she did. Where's Amelia's jewel? Lane hasn't pushed the button yet, and she's running on. Life lessons at the clock tower took the front. Here's Amelia's jewel about to let down hands and heels. Amelia's jewel up to life lessons who fights. Amelia's jewel a neck, a half life lessons. Too good. 
So what I love about Amelia's jewel, and when you've watched her over her career, she only does what she needs to do. We might hear from Damien Lane, actually, because he brings up some really interesting points. This is Damien Lane talking about Amelia's jewel after her success there in the Let's Alive. Still a little hard to say because... I did say it felt like I was in second gear when I got to life lessons and she got a half length in front and just went to put the queue in the rack. So she's still, I dare say, got more in the tank. It's just um, she's a really casual customer that's um, still got more to give. But that innate ability of good horses to simply cruise with it being effortless? Yeah, exactly. And, um, yeah, only good horses do that. Um, she's obviously got a great turn of foot. She pulls up barely blowing. Both times I've ridden her now, trial and race day. So that to me says she's doing it really easily and uh, exciting, exciting horse. Couple of points about Amelia's Jewel. I was having a chat to Aaron Mitchell there on Thursday and Aaron Mitchell works for Nick Ryan. That's where she's staying, Amelia's Jewel at Nick Ryan's Flemington Stables. And he worked alongside her on Tuesday and he couldn't believe the, the ease and the way that she does it. Like she looks like she's jogging. She's running 11, 11 three for a furlong. She proved that, I think, in the quokka when she had to get to get going late and she um, grew some wings and nearly nailed over past there in that quokka. And then on on Saturday, you just had to watch her. She, As Damien pointed out, she loomed up like she was going to win, Dino, by three or four lengths. And then she she's so smart. She goes, well, I've done the job here. And she switches off. I can't wait to see when she takes on some better class horses to see what she can do. But I thought that was an excellent first up effort at Flemington for her. Yeah, it was terrific. It was a great ride too. They've gone pretty fast to the 600 metres, which with that three wide line and the way she blended into the race, I think that's helped her. I think if she was out the back with no toe into the race off a faster tempo, it would have been a lot harder for her. But you make a good point. Um, she reminds me a little bit of Animo in the sense that he used to find the front and only win by small margins. But I think if yeah. he was challenged, he only ever did what he had to. So great win. Um, where do they go to now? We'll wait and see. I think the only chink in her armour thus far, boys, is the tactical versatility. Um, that's that's the query moving forward. But keep it a big tracks, uh, high-pressure races, and she'll be fine. I think she can settle a little bit closer if she draws a gate. She sort of did that in the northerly when she drew one. She said, what, just off the speed, three back the fence on that occasion. So I think gate-dependent, um, she, can, she can land nice and close if they have to. She goes to the Stutt Stakes on grand final leave. That's her next start. And then they make a decision whether they go to the Turak and then to the Cox Plate or they go to the King Charles and then to the Golden Eagle, Mickey Gannon. Yeah, she was very good, G. There's not much else to say. It was as you saw it. Question for you, though. Did she switch off or was that was that wide she's, run? Yeah, it's a little switched, bit telling. She switches off all the time. You see her trials okay. when Paddy Carberry shows her the whip. Away she goes. Mm. Yeah. She... She's got a chink. It's mm-hmm. a tactical speed, and she's going to go from the fairest track in Australia to Mooney Valley, and then likely to a track in Sydney. The tracks in don't Sydney... tell me you're agreeing with Dino here. That's, uh, did I hear that right? Tactical. I, I, no, I think she. I think she's no, got. I think. I think and she's went, got tactical they went, speed. They went even for the class to the six hundred. It's a really good base for these horses. Yeah. But she she needs to draw a gate. Like, do not fall into her at the rock bottom prices of the Spruik narrative horse in futures bets. If you're playing at home, mm-hmm. she, she needs to draw a gate. She's a phenomenal animal and the ceiling, God knows what it is. Right. But if she draws like wide at Mooney Valley at the second start of a preparation, similar to alligator blood, you're not going to dig her up and throw her forward. You're just going to let her do a, do a work. 
and you get a bias track at the Valley if you do, or you go to Sydney and you can't run on, look at Fangirl. So there's a, there's a, that's the only chink with this horse. She's completely untapped. And for the punters out there, how repulsive was it to see life lessons go eight, eight lengths quicker to the 600 and almost knock it off after being ridden cold at Caulfield last start? Just one of the sick beats of all time, life lessons at Caulfield last start. Disgraceful tactics. Mm. Mickey? Yes, spot on. All right, then like, how, like how, like just the I repulsiveness just, of it. Like just they put up Amelia's Jewel at like a pretty much a rock bottom price, and you're like, well, it's probably going to win, but do I want to dive into yeah. that? I don't know. Oh, there it is, life lessons. That's right. I was on you last time. Well, that's and you a lesson. Go for, forward. That's you a couldn't lesson. go forward. Yeah, that's a lesson for everybody, I guess. That's life lessons. Let's have a listen to the seven stakes. And what about these two old warriors at it again? Oh, we did have the. Which is number Basically, 11. what happened was they, which, they which is number walked 11. to the 600. You want to hit number yeah. 11 for us, but I'll tell you what Here happened. They walked. There's a walk. Two think it over, starting to come into the race. Nash about to come off heels, hasn't done so yet. Then Zarek, my Obron's creeping into the race. But Zaki, Chad's Gofield said go. Zaki races, two lengths clear. Think it over. Now he gets off heels. It's Zaki a length in front. Think it over's coming. Zaki in front. Think it over. Being lifted by Nash. Yes, got up. Think it over. It was Nailed a big Zaki day by Nash from Willow. He, he's just in fine form. And think it over. One of the great training performances, Mickey Gannon, Kerry Parker, the job that he's done with this galloper to get him back third up um, and gets the job done. Can't wait to see what he can do, he can do in a King Charles. Yeah, just phenomenal, G. It's such an impressive effort. Um, can't remember what the exact injury was, but it's basically tendon. not you, you, tendon. Not yeah. many of them come back from those any good. And Kerry Parker's done a, a great job. Nash Willer, full credit, just just keeps turning up now. J-Mac yeah. on the sidelines and Nash just keeps dominating. Um, big alpha Sydney sort of stuff there. Fangirl, obviously the horse to follow from the race. Who your mile slow out. I'm still keen to follow it, but probably needs 2,000 metres. Dino? Yeah, it was a great ride by Nash. So that's what you get with him. And great story. Kerry Parker, sort of a smallish stable. These are his two stable stars. The rest of his sort of stable get around in the provincials. So it was great story. Zaki, well, it was Christmas in September, come the 600 metres, and Santa just got caught. In the chimney with 50 metres to go, I'm still sick of how it actually got beat, but I think that's the power of Nash, how he can lift horses over the line. Fangirl was great, um, but when you go back to last and a tempo like that on paper, I don't think she could have won. And my Obron, he's a horse with a couple of different personalities, um, but he was great. And I think Gano hit the nail on the head. Huya Mao, second up, stayed at 1,600 metres, but that last sort of three, 400 metres just screen get me to 2,000 metres next start. I think wherever Huya Mao goes... Um, be a really nice price and a really good bet. Hopefully, in a five million dollar race, Dicko, we see a little bit more tempo in a King Charles. Oh, and just a bit of thinking too. Like if that they're walking, I might, I might use, I might use my horse up a little bit and just put it into the race because you know I probably won't be able to catch a, a ten to twelve length margin in the last six hundred meters given they've walked. This is complete birthday stuff for Zaki, and think it over. I, I'll mm. be conscious of that next start. They have gone like. This is as slow as they ever go, ever, 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 ever go. So what this is like as a form reference, I am not sure because this is a rare situation. Um, I just don't know. I think the horse out of... You're guessing out of this race, to be honest. I think the horse out of that race, Fangirl's definitely one that you want to follow. She gets some pace on in in a King Charles. She'll be hard to hold out, I would imagine. Yeah, it, like that, but that's the problem. If she gets a firm track and if she gets some pace on, she's a nice bet. Yeah, she's going to be priced like she's got both. So I'd wait and see. She's yeah. definitely going to get a firm track. 
I don't no think rain. Oh, Sam, Sam, what it's, are you guys no. doing? A bit of long term weather prediction. Too? 20, I've been on the twenty eight day weather. weather. It's not. Oh, it's, turn it off. Like the unders over. Yeah. It won't be raining for the you rest. Guys could stop it, the weather. It, it won't be raining for the rest of the year. Um, yeah. that's my mail. Let's Get have a look at a few of the. All right, let's let's have. I'll take. I'll, I'll just gonna, I'll take a break and then I'll come back and have a look at these markets in just a moment. We'll take a quick break. This is Gareth Hall, Mickey Gaddon, Dean Watling and Jack Dickens with you on this Monday. Welcome back to Giddy Up. This is the Monday Breakdown. Gareth Hall, Jack Dickens, Dean Watling, Mickey Gaddon with you. So we just dissect the Maccabi Diva, the Let's Elope with Amelia's Jewel, the Seven Stakes. And we'll touch on Antino just quickly at Flemington. He was a little unlucky. But I want to go through some of those future markets now um, that will involve those runners that we had a chat about that competed there on Saturday. The King Charles, first of all, on Saturday, uh, the 14th of October. Mr. Brightside, two seventy-five. Light Infantry, $6. Amelia's Jewels, 6 Fangirls, 6 Princess Grace, $8. Think It Over, 9 Alligator Blood, 13 Zaki, 13 I doubt a three-year-old like a militarized will go there, but that's a look at the market. I was a pinko at 20 to one um, gold a mile at $21 and Pericles. I think that'll be safe for this race as well. He didn't compete last week. I think he's going to the Epsom. So he might go to the King Charles. He's at $26. Who do you like at the moment? Mickey Gannon in a King Charles. Yeah. I think Pericles trials today. And yep. then uh, I'll tell you what, if it probably, if he ran on Saturday, probably get the job done at that farcical tempo. I have no idea, G. It's impossible, but I'll tell you what it's going to be. It's going to be a great race. If I had to have um, a pick, a top pick right now, Mr. Brightside would be it, but I don't think I'm taking $2.75. Okay. Dino? Yeah, the market's pretty well found. I think there's no juicing at all. I think if you like Fangirl and Millie's Jewel, you'll be waiting for barrier draws. I think Mr. Brightside doesn't really matter, but I think there's no real juice in the futures markets at the moment. All right, Dicko? If if uh the captain or um the captain's got a bit of bias because he bought it, but uh you need to find out. Like, also, Penko's going to win a big, a good race. Yeah, if this is the one they're trying to win, maybe this is the one. I think they um, might go the Turnbull next with Osipenko. I think Osipenko's going much much better than it looks. He's he was not suited Caulfield. He's very good first up Sydney. I'd love, he's never ever in his life, if you look at your punting form, he's never seen like a, an even tempo even to the yeah. 600. Now that, that might, that might show him up to be a fraud, but it could, it could expose him to be a bit of a freak as well. So when, when you're starting to get, like we saw double figures Saturday, that's the sort of price you're going to start getting this Osipenko. Or certainly a horse at that price. I'd have a my on my betting card sort of thing when he when he runs around in a group one. And Tino's at five dollars in a Turak, amendable at five dollars that goes to the Underwood on Saturday. Amelia's jewel like Simon Miller and Peter Walsh are keeping their plans close to their chest at the moment. I, I can't work out which way they're going to go. I, I was leaning towards maybe Cox Plate, but now I know that five million dollar carrot there for the King Charles, and if they go to the King Charles, they'll go to the Eagle. They'll stay in Sydney, so they're either staying in Melbourne and going to a Turak, then Cox Plate, or they head to Sydney and do a King Charles and also Golden Eagle. So that's the market there. Cox Plate. All right, then I'll go um, and get an opinion from the panel. Dino, do you think Mr. Brightside can be dominant over two thousand meters? Um, as he is a, over a mile that we're seeing right now? 
Yeah, it's a good question. I think he's an out-and-out superstar over 6,000 metres and he's come back a length or two better. 2,000 metres is the jink. Um, I guess we haven't seen him over that trip uh, in the form that he is at the moment, but I think he loves the valley, gets around there brilliantly. Um, he was really good there last preparation, so oh, I think it wouldn't pull him up at all. I think he can run up to his best there, no doubt. Mickey? I'd be happy to be against in a Cox Plate, Jay, for sure. Yeah, all right then, DK? You, you can't knock the horse. Yeah. Simples. So you think he'll get he, a strong... The question two- is, has he come back better? Is he getting better? Yeah, he's come or back better. Worse? Or has the competition got a lot worse? Yeah. This, so, is, this, is, this is different gravy, the Cox Plate. That, that's the question. And that, that Japanese horse is lobbed. Yeah. Uh, I saw on Twitter. The, God the bless Hong, it's from sphere. Hong Kong. Romantic warrior. He's Whatever. A, it's yeah. Asian. And yeah. it's fast. And it's tough. And it's probably going to win the Cox Plate. Yeah. It's an yeah. oriental horse that's come here on a plane. The last time we saw that, um, it's it steamed and started 220 and it was 17 wide cornering and winning from about the thousand. It was and it was about the 10th, the 10th best one as well. Yeah. And like the, the tote <laughs> crush on that horse was one of the, like the sickest yeah. things I've ever seen. Shout out to Pete Anthony. We went to the Wish Geelong sure. Cup. Yeah. Yeah. We went sure. out, we went to the Geelong Cup and Pistol had some bet on one of uh, Uncle Bob's horses over in, in Ascot, fixed odds, into it on the tote. <laughs> oh, I so it was like four dollars fifty. Yeah, he's a he's a great horse, romantic warrior, but he hasn't been eating his own feed. He hasn't been eating up yeah. in Hong Kong. I don't know if he's been able to could improve him. Yeah, could, but I don't know if his appetite's improved. And then he's got a well, he had a CT scan. Think about what you would have been Kong. having for breakfast before you met Dana. Now you're eating clean and C- probably going even better. CT scan before the Turnbull, and then he has to have another CT scan. Um, before the Cox Plate. Just you get quick... out of the house, you go straight yes. to get a boost juice, you know, yeah. back in your old ways, sugar. Just so quick, good for you. Quickly, lads, Amelia's Jewel or Mr. Brightside? That was our question on our socials with our poll. Right now, only for this season, who would you prefer to have? I've, I think Amelia's Jewel, um, I think she would be my choice. I'm not Where biased or anything. Hey? Where are we? Where's the race? Well, it's just like if, you got, if you've got them for the spring, so they oh, might meet the She's worth way more. No, for no, but just for the racing campaign, you don't get any money from a broodmare point of view. Just, just her, um, just her, from from a racing perspective. I'm with Amelia's Jewel. I think she'll nearly win everything she competes in. Dino. Yeah, uh, out and out, Mister Brightside. I don't think it's a question. I think he's in elite form. Well, I doubt question. they'll beat him for the rest of the spring. All right then, Mickey. Mr. Brightside's already got the cash in the bank, G. You're halfway home. Are you dumb today? Are you listening to the question from Are now you on? Dumb you can't say, you can't ask people if they're unintelligent well, I, and say you from, from the start of it, mate. Yeah. Not, <laughs> you, you said, you said that, my mum would say, we, mate, we we're not from, sheep. From now on. From, from now, now on. on which horse? Jewel. We're talking about a horse that's had three runs this preparation already versus one that's had one. Of course, Amelia's Jewel. All right, then. So you're telling me that the Hayes boys have um, gone too early with Mr. Brightside? Well, they've had three oh, wins. They're just trying to corner they're yeah. flying. They won. They've won nearly over a million dollars in three in three starts. They're airborne. They don't have to do a whole lot more. Which which way would you lean, Dicko? I'd go. I'd go with Mister Brightside for his right. tactical speed and versatility. Eight thirty three. Let's take the news. Private Eye on the outside of Hawaii 5-0. Remarks trying to come off the fence. Inside the 200 overpass to the leader. Boy, Private Eye, he's still coming the outside. Overpass from Private Eye. One is not just late on the scene. Private Eye going to overpass. Bob of the heads. Yeah, Private Eye, I'd say he's got there. Give it to Private Eye a half hit. He's a good horse, Private Eye, and he proved that once again. That was a, a magnificent performance first up. They tell me in the yard he was like a... 
he was like a cage fighter ready to go to war and he absolutely delivered there on Saturday to take out the shorts and it didn't take long for Neil Warren and Max Whitby to get in contact with prime thoroughbreds and he has been locked in, Dino, for another crack at the Everest. Um, when you watch the replay of the Everest last year, he was basically the winner at the 50-metre mark until Giggy Kick jumped out of that ground, jumped out of the ground. So it's an exciting time for the connections there at Private Eye. Yeah, it was really interesting listening to Joe Pride on Saturday. He suggested that the horse that we saw last spring wasn't the horse that he had uh, in the stable in the autumn. He had a couple of issues, but he suggested that they're all ironed out and he was ready to go over 1,100 metres, which was a clue for him. We know he can get the 1,600 metres, but he was superb. They didn't go too quick to the 600, so I think that adds even more merit to his win. I think a high-pressure race or more tempo in the race, I think he probably wins that by further. Overpass has had his chance. Um like I mentioned, they've got about four lengths slow in the six, uh, slow in the average to the six. So I think he's had his own chance on the inside. Buenos not just great. He'll get a slot fastest last 200 of the day. And in secret, just got into a really tricky spot. I think gate four around that sort of Graham 1100 meters got shuffled back. I think that was the difference between her winning and losing. But I think she's bang on. And probably the big one out of it, which is concerning, is for Marzu. I thought he probably got the setup to run on and he only faded late. Oh, I would be surprised if the connections of Marzu and the slot owners there look to go elsewhere with Marzu. I just don't think he's come back anywhere good enough to win an Everest. Mickey? Yeah, he summed it up pretty well. Uh, overpass probably just didn't go as quick as he probably could have, Jay Parr, and it probably cost him. I think the horse improves uh, second up, similar off a four-week break, peaks like it did in the Badoombin at 10,000. So I would be... Surprised if he gets picked up now, but there's a chance of getting picked up late. I think Osmosis is probably the other one, probably similar um, set of owners there. Uh, that is a chance of diving in. So I think one of those two will get a start in the Everest. Mazu had excuses, but please, lost and running, gone. I think you could pen both of those. Hawaii 5 was strip fitter, but it was just probably didn't show enough. Private Eye clearly back. Has some really good first up figures around them. Remark. Have to rule uh, him out of an Everest, but Brianus Nitros, wow, way that was super, super impressive. G, DK, um, disgraceful tempo, hard to take a lot out of this race again. Like, Brianus Nitros is a good horse and he's flown home, fastest last hundred of the day, but in secrets, flown home too. Um, I, I'd hope they persist with Marzu. And you get a huge price because he looks gone and it's a very heavy track, for example. I think he'll improve on a heavy track. Um, but the the tempos on Saturday in Sydney were disgraceful and it makes reviewing and trusting the form out of it tricky because they're not the same sort of platform and gut busters that you expect at this level of racing for them to go to grand final. So they're, they're half a step away and it'd be... There would be value in trying to find the the alternate angle, a form line into these grand finals this year. I think they'll persevere with Marzu. If you look at the head on at the start, they say he he had no luck and off that tempo, he was basically no chance. So, and the way I'm just I'm talking from a price point of view, Jay, because the the market is going to spit him out. And if they did persist, they are a very good operation. So they the horse would be licking the bin, showing him everything at home like he did last time, and maybe he gets a change of circumstances that lets him go back to near where he was because he he was well backed in the Everest last year from the top of my head. Private Eye was one of the great steamers of all time in the Everest last year. Um, it's, it's an interesting setup and it's a great sort of so, so narrative at the, building. So at the talking. moment in the Everest, Max Whitby and Neil Werrett have Private Eye. The tab and the ATC are yet to pull the trigger on their slot. 
I wish I'd win trackside. Giggy kick James Harring. Cadolphin in secret. But if Cylinder wins the Golden Rose, it'll be interesting to see which way they go. He needs to win the Golden Rose for them to consider him an Everest horse. Aquas Sunshine in Paris. Coolmore Shinzo, unless something drastically goes wrong. Yearlong alcohol free, but that's a question mark. Newgate, think about it. Arrowfield, Marzu, and Chris Waller. He's indicated that he'll be looking for a three-year-old. So looking at that, I would – and Imperatrice, I think she's still in the conversation, even though that they're saying that she's not. I don't know if Overpass will get a start, Mickey. Ah, oh, so he'll get a start. You reckon? Yeah. I, like, he's just that bomb-proof, on-pace set-up horse, Mickey. Like, he's – yeah. Yeah, look, I, I I think he has to. Like, the, the, you look at this, look at this list of runners. G, there's not many on pace runners. You talk about Marzo, and I get it. Like, can sit closer, but there's uh, going back to the 28 day uh, forecast. There is no rain coming. Absolutely not a drop. So there's so, three slots left, basically. Well, Osmosis is another one with plenty of speed. I don't think that yeah. they. I don't think they take both of them, but I think they take one of them. Mm. Dino, I, I, I sorry, Dan. I think Buenos Noches in secret will get one. I think Osmosis obviously steps out in the heritage. I think he will get one. I think overpass, like you mentioned, I don't think they'll be chiming in early, boys. But I think, uh, like they mentioned, they might come to a spot where the, that last spot, which happens every year, you sort of you've only got a limited amount of choices. I think we've got the Gill guy to come as well and the Premier next week. Something maybe steps up there. But um, I think overpass will get one in secret, Buenos Noches and Osmosis. And I think, I that, think, yeah. I think I wish I win and Giga Kick and Imperatriz own this race. Yeah. Imperatrice's got to get a slot as well. So I think there's three slots available and there's about four or five finding out for... What do you reckon their percentage is up to now, Jay? Oh, about 80, 70, 85? Yeah, 60 or 70. <laughs> I, I, I said the this on my... big fellow David Ellis has got. This is what... This is I told what, you. I, I, I told you. I'm not South African, but yeah. I'm talking South African. I told I, you, 95. Yeah, I reckon this is what's happened. Mark Chittick and um, the, the team there with I Wish I Win, they've obviously got a really good deal with Entane. And I reckon that David Ellis knows what deal they've got. And he goes, well, I want the same deal. Now, the same. only the only um, organisation, or maybe the ATC could give a similar type of deal on the tap. Um, but they're the only two that will be in consideration with Imperatrice. So it'll be interesting to see how that all unfolds. And of What course, about the Everest, G? A narrative yeah, side. I've got to go to a break, yeah, quickly. Wagering's down, whether they say it or not. Yeah. So if it's down where they're telling you it's down, it's definitely going to be down in Sydney. Mm-hmm. What does that mean for the ter- for the race long term? No, it'll keep on going. It's the biggest race in New South Wales. It's the biggest turnover race, regardless. So, it's but the- we don't know we don't know their turnover, do we? No, but it, it doesn't. Like it is the biggest race in New South Wales, Everest at the moment. So um, it's their it's their Melbourne Cup eight forty three. Let's take a break. We'll come back and have a look at the three year olds on the weekend. Up on the inside now, Tis Invincible in restricted room. It's Tropical Squall, just the leader. Tis Invincible off the fence. Kamachi the outside. It's game on in the T-Rows. And Tis Invincible takes the lead from Kamachi. Tis Invincible, two lengths clear from Kamachi. Tropical Squall and Tis Invincible makes it three out of three this preparation. A dominant win over Kamachi. Tropical Squall third. She's a top-class filly. She heads to the flight stakes now with Bet365. She dominates the market at 287. Kamachi five. $5 legacies that was defeated as an odds-on favourite there or close to anyway on Saturday at Flemington. She's out to $9. Tropical Squall. The hippo says bring on the flight stakes. He believes he can turn the bring tables on. on. Tis invincible. She's at $9. And then Tuta Levita at the 13. Unique ambition at 13. Dino, are they defeating her in a flight stakes? 
I doubt they can. I think I tweeted out fast tempo. We saw a proper, uh, proper filly, but reviewing the race, they've absolutely crawled to the 600 metres. So I either had too many drinks on Saturday or I was seeing something else, but she was great. I think the ride of Zach Lloyd needs to be noted here. Drew Gate too, he could easily land on the rail and been in a tricky spot, but he kept her off the rail early. And when he got into the straight, he had options left and options right. He ducked back to the inside and found the gaps. So I thought it was a masterful ride by Lloyd. He's in phenomenal form and probably sitting second behind Nash as the informed jockeys. I think up in distance again, um, I think we'll see her improve. And behind, I think Kamachi had its chance. Tropical Squall was good. I think the big one that we can maybe put in the black book gunner was Unique Ambitions. It was uh, really held up on the bend. Once out, found the line all right. But outside of that, I think Kiz Invincible is the flag bearer for these um, three-year-old fillies. Yeah, you're spot on um, with unique ambition, but doesn't have to go to a, a group race or anything like that. Can line up in something much, much easier and just get a win under its belt, build some confidence. She's invincible. Wow. Well, she's carried me this early spring. God bless you. Kamochi is not as good as she's invincible. Granted, three wide, but just kind of had the pace and the setup, the race shape to probably win there. I'll tell you who is huge. G, French Endeavor, Summer yes. Lovin um, were both very big, but Tropical Squall, I don't think we'll be getting the job done in the flight stakes, but uh, watch out VRC Oaks. You're getting around $17 with 365. I think that's a great futures play. I was having a chat to David Eustace at the Kirama Spring Racing launch there on Friday, and I was interviewing him on stage, and I asked him, if you got a call with Tis Invincible for the Everest, would you take it? And... um I think they would consider it. Do you think she could drop back and be competitive over the six furlongs? Because I think she's just winning with her turn of foot at the moment. Yeah, she could definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I, I remember seeing a text before the show this morning saying Coolmore or Flight Stakes. Um, I, she could definitely be very competitive in a, in a Everest G. I think I they're going to. I couldn't the... disagree more. Yeah. I think she, she, could, she might blow up if she went to an Everest. She's, she's very well placed and, and super hard to beat against her own, but. Like that, that would be a monstrous step up. Summer Lovin's the best maiden in Australia at the moment, too. Yeah, she'll appreciate 1600 meters. She is out of a half to Adamo, tis invincible, Mickey Gannon. So that's why I think they like her over a mile as well. But and they just like collecting black type, then yeah. But I think she's very good. She hasn't been tested yet, and she's been keen in her races and she's been able to overcome her pulling in her races. So she wouldn't be keen on Everest, if you know what I mean. She'd yeah. just be trying to keep up. Well, that could be a, to her advantage. She'd be able to travel a little no, bit better. Definitely, but she's yet to sort of stamp a big, big fatty, big number that says she's that level. But yeah. she's she, she's got these horses covered. You'd have well, to you, say you, you can only you can only beat what's in front of you, and you can only run up exactly. to what the tempo's put put yeah. in front of you. So you're spot on. She's yet to produce one, but she hasn't been given the opportunity. All mm. right, Kieran Ma believes that she's one out of the box. It's clearly their best three year old, and they've got some nice three year olds in their backyard at the moment. Let's take a break. We'll come back and have a look at the other three year olds. We'll take text messages as well. Oh four double nine seven three six seven three six. They are flowing in, and we'll also talk about those three year old races as well at Flemington, as I just pointed out. Time for a break. King's Gambit held together. 250 metres to go. Archo Nacho up on the inside. Gives it a race, though. Archo Nacho lets down. King's Gambit shot its bolt. I am unstoppable. Finishing well. Archo Nacho, a half. I am unstoppable. Archo Nacho has won it. Second, I am unstoppable. King's Gambit. $10,000 weanling. And well done to Matty Laurie and the team. Gets the job done there. Dicko, can any of these horses? I am unstoppable. King's Gambit won't be going down the straight again. Mexico, the instructor, Kandinsky Abstract needs more of a trip, it looks like. Can any of these horses be winning at Coolmore or being competitive there? 
Uh, I don't like. I didn't like. I'm unstoppable on Saturday, and uh, I think I got pretty lucky. He likes the straight. He's got a big turn of foot. Um, Wallace horse was good. You know, you got to respect and be scared of Uncle Chris. I think uh, he can pull one out of the out of the um, the fire, and it was maybe the fastest last whatever of the race. Yeah. It, I I think we need to. You must be extremely careful and 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 take your time stamping horses out of Flemington as a whole, the wind was a factor and it wasn't a consistent factor. And yeah. uh, we saw the She's All Shenanigans sit up on the speed and win in in a in a bunch finish, probably should have got beat by the car horse. But other than that, we didn't see a leader win all day. So you can forgive and trust King's Gambit's SP, for example. You can be forgiving of horses that settled on the speed all day long. If they had cover, they had an advantage. For sure, but how much of an advantage they had varied throughout the, the entire meeting. Okay, Mickey, you got an opinion? You got about twenty seconds before we go to the news. Yeah, I just think King's Gambit shied at something. It was yeah. like a bit of paper or something down the straight, and they lost absolutely lost his head. So I think you get a better price next start. Happy to trust the SP, and I think he's a, he's a quality right. horse. Um, wouldn't mind seeing him around a Benji. Let's go to the nine o'clock news. Gareth Hall with you. Good morning. This is Giddy Up, and we're nearly completed our breakdown, our Monday breakdown. They've been in good form today. Dean Watley, Mickey Gaddon, and Jack Dickens. Dean, Mickey I wasn't on Wednesday. Yeah, we'll get to that in just a moment. A few text messages coming through about Mickey Gaddon's golf. But, um, Dino, what do you make of the Poseidon down the straight there? Yeah, I think it confirmed that these uh, Colts and Geldings under 1,200 metres, they're very, very even. I don't think they're an elite crop at all. I think they're all sort of taking turns. Out of the race, Arkansas Kid pulled up with cardiac arrhythmia, so you can forgive that um, horse. He was jumping out really well before that. King's Gambit last time we'll see him around or down the straight until he sort of figures his sort of uh, his manners out. I think of the Beat Brigade, Pivot City and Kadinsky Abstract, the only ones to follow. But I wanted to reiterate that moving to the Golden Rose this week, I think um, the 1,200-metre stock uh, are very limited this year for our Colts and Geldings. Um, but the 1,400-metres, 1,600-metres, those sort of types are the ones that we want to follow throughout the spring. All right, then having a look at the Caulfield Guineas market quickly, Stepardi at 450, Militarized 550, King Colorado 650, V8, vroom vroom, 750, Shinso 850 won't be going there, Cylinder won't be going there at 13, Tom Kitten most likely at 13, NCAP at 13, Griff's at $17 after taking out the Exford plate. Barriers win you races. Wayne Hawks says, Gareth, you shouldn't be betting if, if they're drawn wide. They can't win. And I think that was proven there on. I don't know if it's always right, but he, he drew a gate, three back defence there, Dicko, and away he goes, Griff. Good effort off a fast pace, which he needed. It wasn't just a good effort. It was a good effort, but it was one of the greatest rides of all time. Yep. Mark Zara being Mark Zara, like an utter, proper, legitimate peach. Um, a decent result for me, sickening that I was on surprise coming. My God. Yes. Come out of that ambassadorial bias win at Mooney Valley, which we were also on. Um, thought King of Fighters was absolutely enormous. Mm-hmm. Uh, the market completely stamped Mojave Desert, Mojave, whatever we're saying that is. Yeah. Um, Legacies bubble burst. Um, no excuses other than maybe the wind. Uh, it's got a better number in it, but you know I think it sort of highlights how tricky that day was to handle, um, but didn't stop people betting. 
Uh, there were runs in this race of good horses, and you make money out of them. Okay. Um, there's more than even I just mentioned. Let's have a listen to this replay. Now, I reckon, and I mentioned this on my TikTok there on the weekend, I think this, this horse could be nearly one of the stories. And this is saying something, because there's plenty of great stories at the moment, just fine, that took out the Kingston Town. Number 13, Ollie, if we can roll the tape. But just fine inside the 200 is going boldly just fine from Benno Modophilia. They can't get there. Just fine. The European import's going to go back to back and does it in style again. Benno kicked on well for second in front of Modophilia. So, so just fine was King Charles. Uh, it was King Charles's first winner, I think. And then King Charles said, I think we've got to sell this horse and move on. And then a bunch <laughs> imagine of how much, yeah, imagine yeah. like, is that lot of... Proper insight into how they operate. Yeah, so King Charles literally has... more money than God, and they're selling good horses. Yeah, so get rid <laughs> of King Charles that. is selling them. You've got to sell yours if you get an offer from Hong Kong. That's so the summary. My racehorse purchase it, and there's hundreds of owners in this this galloper. And then when I think Robbie Waterhouse played a part in the 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 purchase of this galloper as well. But Adrian Bott and Gay Waterhouse, Mickey Gannon, didn't think it was going to be this good. He's definitely surprised them because he's got no nominations from Caulfield or Melbourne Cup. He'll head to the Metrop now. And just having a look at the Bet365 market for the Metrop coming up on, um, which is coming up on Saturday, the 30th of September. So grand final day of the AFL. $3.60 now and the dominant favourite. And he's on pace and then kicking off a fast tempo. Mickey. It was phenomenal. It was really, really impressive. And I think you drew a line through the horses that were up on speed. Night sword, I put eight lengths on it. It wasn't too far away in a, in a Melbourne Cup and on its way through last prep. I mean, G? Yeah, I got you, mate. You're just breaking up. I might go to you, Dino. Yeah, it's a phenomenal win. I think uh, they've gone incredibly fast in the 600 metres here. So he's absorbed all that pressure up on speed. And like Gano was just touching on there, the other horses around him dropped out while he found another gear and put two, three lengths on them. So that's back-to-back wins. I think even off that first that win, you could suggest that maybe he'd regress second up. But I think he's found another couple of lengths. He goes to the Metrop where we're getting oh, around 50 kilos. That looks like a race he's mercy. And I think they just weigh up then. Do they go to a Caulfield Cup? Do they go to a Melbourne Cup with him? But I think he could be one of the horses of the spring. And out of all the races on the weekend, I think his win um, was probably the most meritable and um, impressive moving forward. Okay, Dicko. I think he'll go to a court. They'll have to pay up a late nom if he wins the Metrop for the Caulfield Cup. Well, the King would have. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I still can't get over the King's older horse, honestly. Yeah. Good horse. Good win. Yep. Brutal tempo. Uh, you want to see him have a little three three to four week between this. Yeah. Mickey Gannon? I'm back. Uh, yeah, look, this horse has got shades of might and power about it. It was just phenomenal. Um, there, there's you your quote, touch... Jacko. The, the new might and power. There you go. <laughs> second, second coming. Yeah, just phenomenal the way it did it. It was pressured at the 800 and said, see you later off a hot tempo. It was just really, really good. I don't yeah. know how they beat it in the Metrop and it suggested it's going to go to a Melbourne Cup. All right, then let's get to these text messages. What do we make of Montefiore? Can she win again? And what's the setup that she needs? I don't know if she can win again, Dino. I thought that was her perfect opportunity. Three back the fence off a good tempo. She had a, She looked like she was going to win as they swung for home. And the winner was just far too good. Yeah, I agree. I thought that was her setup there on the weekend to win. And like you mentioned, she got out at sort of the 300 meter mark. I think she was good enough. She was going to run over the top. She might be ready for the breeding barn or she might be looking for further, but she's never been the mare that's sort of 
I know she's won over 2,400 metres, but I thought her pet trips are sort of that 16 to 2,000. So I don't know where she's at, but she's taking too much of the market up at the moment. Yeah, where... I'd leave the, the trips to, to Uncle Chris. This horse, like that, that's not a good tempo. That's a very fast tempo, you know? And she's got home reasonably versus the race. I think yeah. she's going well and let's just hope that the market does spit her out and you can get that $7, $8, $9 in a good race because she's going well. Yeah, I don't know what race is there for her. Maybe the, the hill stakes, um, we'll see what happens. Reckon Pesto would have been a little, uh, reckon Pesto would have been closer if a gap opened and didn't have to stop and go around the field. Was jogging, that's from Swanee there, Mickey G? Yeah, stiff. Yeah. One to follow. Uh, Great kickoff run. Yeah. Thoughts on Phillipsburg and the first Mickey Gannon? Bit of money for it and held up throughout the straight. Uh, to be fair, I probably didn't catch that one, G. All right, then. Hey, gents. Can we address a couple of rides from the weekend? From what I saw, Remark, Alentia and Benedetta were all butchered badly. What are your thoughts? Sorry. Benedetta's ride was completely sound. They've gone suicidal yeah. quick, right? So he can't he can't force his horse to go way outside his comfort yep. zone just because one guy's gone ballistic on the inside. Just a victim of circumstance, and that's what happens when we have horses that settle midfield or worse. Uh, the ride was completely sound on um, Benedetta. Mealy's jewel before the race in the stables was the most laid-back character and looked like she was asleep. She had 20 people looking at her an hour before the race and couldn't give a stuff. Lane's comments about her doing it so easy is not surprising after seeing her beforehand. She's a freak and knows that that's from Will. Um, Golden Rose going to be the hottest three-year-old field forever. Any chance that Libertad can hit back after a flat performance second up in the run to the Rose? Big Mountain, I know that's from Jay. So I, I don't think you're 100%. right. 100%. Yeah. Um, Big Mountain, no chance. No chance. Dino? Uh, I would be a little bit forgiving, uh, but at the same time, I think there's a couple of us. King Colorado Shins, I think the, the new commodity will topple that um, old form. This is from Sadie. Mickey G or Dino considered any action for blatant plagiarism by Miles on socials claiming it is invincible. Yeah, <laughs> what's <laughs> doing there? Milo had a big day on the social media. There on, on and Saturday. then he's he banned himself on social media. He banned yeah. himself. Then, then, then he created more attention for himself about having like one of the great operators. He, he banned himself on Twitter and then quote tweeted himself two minutes after. Yeah. Um, Can't teach that sort of shit. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Hey, good morning to you, Milo. Um, You'll be listening. Now, golf, how'd you go on Wednesday, Mickey? Yeah, hit him really well. Nice little practice round. Got rid of some rust and some cobwebs and donated 10 bucks to Dico. So, uh, that was that was something else, but you know he'll let you he'll let you uh, in on on how it unfolded on eighteen. I'm sure. Right. To be fair, I'm not sure if, he, if if he's went over the three minute mark when he went into finding his ball, but uh, I'll let him cover that. All right, then horses to follow, Dicko. You can kick off proceedings. Well, I don't think we've done enough on that, but it was just one of the great comebacks <laughs> of all time. He 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 saw me down and out after nine holes and said, "Let's start bet on the back nine. He had me the whole way home, and I found a way. One of the great flop shots of all time. Next to it, knocked it in with my wedge. Anyway. Um, um, Horses to follow. Uh, come back to me. I was busy right, doing man. that. Mickey Gannon? Yeah, I, I, I think Tropical Squall is going to be really good out beyond 2,000 metres, G. So I'm really keen to follow her. Uh, Garza Blanket and Kobe were proper horses. They did really well um, in the last there. Obviously, the winner, Kabo, was very, very good after being carved up by Pioneer River. So happy to follow them as well. And I really want to get Alentia to Flemington, G. If we can do that, I think she'll be winning races. I'll do that for you, Dino. 
I thought Tivo had no luck at all. Big weight there. Yes. Probably wasn't his day. I think second up, he'll improve a stack. Unique ambitions um, out of the T-Rose. I think, you know, back to maiden grade, like Gano suggested. Should we win? Once again, uh, once again, my friend comes out of the, the highway. I think Derry Grove's a really nice horse. I don't think, once again, my friend will get a slot in the cozy. So wherever she goes. And the last one, King of Sparta. He's never a horse that produces first up. His second up record is elite. I know it was a hard run race, but I expect him to be winning second up in the kill guy and maybe turn the tables on Star Patrol. Dicko? I reckon the best horse probably to come out of the Flemington meeting is Stratton Angel out of race six. It come from Adelaide, only had two starts. Uh, she looked half asleep in it to me. I would have loved to see a bit more vigour. Uh, it was $10 into almost favourite versus a very, very strong uh, setup, uh, Charmstone-formed um, Queenslander in Skirt the Law. Ran past it. I think she's legitimately very, very good and has a stack of upside. So you're saying she's better than Amelia's Jewel? I'd happily have, have her if you picked Amelia's Jewel, yeah. All right, then. I think she's a freak. All right, then. Um, and I think Abif, um, I love how when I give a view. No, I, I that like is, that it. Isn't, I, that I just, isn't the, the obvious. You, you, I, I, I like it. it. I like it. It's all about opinions. And that, she's had three starts. Yep. She's now handled the straight. The the world the racing world is Stratton Angel's oyster. I I'd love, love to own her. She's a proper horse with an enormous turn of foot and I think would be suited by a stronger rider. Um, Aberfeld, Aberfeldy boy out of the last, which we haven't spoken about Karini enough because that horse is legitimate. Mm -hmm. Its SP was back to beat um, Amenable at Caulfield. That form race at Caulfield's elite. That win was proper. It would have won by further if it was stronger. Uh, like the ride was a bit stronger, um, but Aberfield boy, Aberfeldy boy in that race was a very, very good return. Mickey? Uh, yeah, gee, so just going back to Phillipsburg, I think midways, it's right, right yep. sort of grade, 800 metres, I just went back and watched the replay. Yeah, it was stiff, but you know, not sure, probably, not sure it probably wins anyhow, but yeah, I think it has a midway, 800 metres at its mercy for sure. And you get $26, bet 365, Karini for a Caulfield Cup, just looking at its Melbourne Cup. I hit 101 in run. Oh, did Mickey you? G, but it didn't stop me. $34 oh, yeah. for the Melbourne Cup. I think you can keep on following, um... Amelia's jewel, and I've got. I, I wouldn't give up on legacies just yet. I reckon. I know, getting... but like, they're, they're, they're really choosing for us to go. You know what, guys? There's a horse to follow from. No, 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 I reckon. Mister Brightside and Amelia's jewel. I, I re phenomenal weekend. I reckon. Like... I reckon legacies can still win the flight stakes. I wouldn't give up on her yet. Well, um, you just want to see like six, six, seven, eight dollars. Yeah, we're getting nine with bet three, six. Five. You'd want twenty-one, Jay. All right then, Mickey. <laughs> Time will tell. Um, that's what we love. Opinions about this beautiful game. Dicko, have a wonderful week. Enjoy your golf, Dino. Hey, you go and watch those two-year-old trials. I know you'd be up and about. So excited to, to watch these he'll be, babies. He'll be on the NFL as well today. Watch out for the tweets. Uh, you, yeah. stop, he'll, stop it. he'll stop another one. Yeah. Good on you, Mickey G. See you, lads. There's Mickey Gannon, 917. Let's, that is the Monday breakdown on this Monday morning. Let's take a break. We'll find you a winner with a bag of tips coming up next. And then Butch Castles with the latest news in New Zealand racing.